Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, we're in Missions Month. We're in July. This is Missions Month. You say, what in the world is Missions Month? It's a month where we focus on our mission as a church and on doing missions, is in overseas missions uh, as a church. And we're going to hear next week, in fact, the next three weeks, we're going to hear from some of our overseas missions that we support, uh, mainly through Metamorphic. And Lindsay Clark's, uh, I think, on a plane today coming back from Nepal or somewhere, I'm not sure, but uh, they're just planting churches everywhere. It's always been the dream and the vision of our church to plant churches. Uh, I tried that myself, doing it kind of uh, just by ourselves, got on airplanes, went to faraway places, Russia and other places of the world, Brazil, Uh, and I found every time I'd leave here, uh, things would just kind of not go so good back here. And I realized we've got to partner with some other people that are doing this really well. Now, there are five-fold ministry in the Bible, and they're called ascension gifts because Jesus gave those when he ascended on high, and they're in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, apostle's one of them. An apostle is one that plants churches. That's basically what they are. They're not sticking around in the local church telling the pastor what to do because they're an apostle. Uh, No, they're out there planting churches, and uh, there are apostles today uh, that are out in the uh, different places of the world, and uh, sometimes we'd call them missionaries, but they're actually leading the charge. They have have an anointing on their life, and and I believe that Lindsay Clark is one of them. There are many uh, apostles, and to whom much is given, uh, much is called, much is required. So Paul said this, he said, I bear in my body the marks of an apostle, shipwrecked, beaten. Uh, he was, you know, he was a mangled mess because he was out there forging, forging ahead. And uh, then there's prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm a pastor teacher, and that's pretty well what I'm called to do. I, I did some apostolic things, but my main calling is, is here at City Church. And I believe that a strong home base is one of the the necessary things to wage war. Any army and military campaign, uh, uh, any general will tell you that you've got to establish a really strong home base and then launch sorties from from there. If you don't have that, if you don't have a a resource supplies depot, uh, if you don't have a hospital or somewhere to take a triage to uh, help the the wounded, then you don't want to launch too too big because you're going to get beat up. The supplies won't be there for for the people over there. So Missions Month, we're going to hear a lot about how we can, from from here, we can support church planting over there and wells being dug and toilets for uh, schools. Believe it or not, some of them, the students have to go out in a paddock to use the the bathroom. That's terrible. And uh, things that we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even dream of that here. They're doing it over in some of these places. And so the gospel, it's, it's wide open. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, we'll look at that in a moment, but Jesus said, go. And I believe it's the most famous go in the Bible has to be in Matthew chapter 28 in what's called the Great Commission. Not the great omission or the great suggestion. It's the great common mission that we all have 
as followers of Jesus Christ. It's to go. That word scares me, however, because I think, well, go where? And, 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 and how dangerous is it going to be when I do go? Well, if you're like me, sometimes getting up in the morning and going to do something that's uncomfortable, but you know it's necessary, it doesn't come easy. And certainly for myself, there's a lot of things that I, that I have to get up and go in life that I don't find easy. They don't fall in my lap. They're not what I'd call pleasurable. Physical fitness is one, trying to keep a handle on my eating habits and, and dieting and uh, regular discipline when it comes to Bible study and prayer. All of these things, they're not easy goes. They're hard. And sometimes my get up and go is got up and went. <laughs> and I just think, oh, especially when it's cold and the bed is nice and warm and I've stayed up too late the night before. Anybody been there? And you just think, oh, maybe the alarm goes off and it's like terrible hour, like 5.30, 6 o'clock, and you know you've just got to get up out of bed. Maybe it's if you're going to catch a flight or do something like that. You have to go. If you don't go, you're going to miss, you're going to miss your flight. You're going to miss your destination. And it's a lot like that in life. The, the word go, it troubles me. It beats me up. It has me for lunch and dinner and breakfast. It's like, what? And I've done a lot of going. I've gone and preached, you know, King's Cross on a, a box, soapbox, and preached till my voice went out, yelled at people, basically, tell them to go into hell. I've uh, been there, done all that, been on the missions field, done, done a lot of goes that I don't think that God's expecting from all of us. If God tells you to go do that, go and do it, but don't do it unless God's told you to do it. So that word go, it's used about 150 times just in the book of Matthew, and that would be about the sim a similar amount of times in the other Gospels as well, mostly said by Jesus. So I'm going to give us three things this morning, three big words that will help us get our go back. So if you're like me and you find go is not that easy, it's not comfortable, maybe you lost your go somewhere on the journey, uh, these three words are going to help us all get our go back so that we can go and do whatever it is that God has called us to do. So I want us to look again uh, at Matthew 28 and uh, Jesus' words here. It's called the Great Commission again. Most churches would uh, live by this. They'd preach it regularly. And in Matthew 28, starting with verse 19, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, go. <laughs> go and make disciples of all nations. That's how big the challenge is. All nations means all nations. Now, some of the nations that he calls us to go, and he called them to go, and they're not friendly towards the gospel. Uh, that's why many people are martyred overseas. I'm glad that he hasn't called me to do that, and uh, you'd be saying a big amen too if you're called to go to some of the places where you just know it's going to cost you your life, but you're called to go. Make disciples, that's disciplined followers of him, baptizing them 
Now, we, we had a water baptism last week. I want to have water baptisms. I would like to have water baptisms every week. I would love to have that font, as Brownie calls it, that baptism tank, that big, giant, coffin-looking thing that's in the back of the room. I'd like to have that thing filled with water, the leak fixed, filled with water, <laughs> and baptizing people every single service. I think that would be cool. But for that to happen... We've all got to go. We have to get up and go. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, verse 20, and teaching them to obey. My first word I want to give you this morning that I believe to get you go back, it's obedience. Obedience. O obey what he says. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I ask or what I tell you? If you're not obedient, he's obviously, and he tells you to do something, and you disobey, well, then he's not your Lord. You are. So he says, teaching them to obey. People have to be taught to obey. I'm doing that this morning. I'm teaching. We are to obey what he says. If he says it, it's not a suggestion. It's not optional. It's, it's, it's obedience that requires sacrifice that, that, that is in that word go, and that's why most of us don't want to go. So teaching them everything, everything I have suggested. <laughs> no. Everything I've commanded you. <laughs> and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, you might be here again, and you've lost your go. You stayed down. You got beat up by life. Maybe it's been a real long time since you've had any zeal to do anything. You really haven't crossed the line. And, and, but what will it take to get you go back? God's still calling. God is still sending. The world still needs saving. He expects us to go. We know that. And, and he is the Lord, which means the, the good news that he wants all of us to take. And when I look at that word go, I think, gee, it would be one thing if he's asking me to go and tell the whole world you're going to hell and God hates you and uh, he's got all these religious exercises that you have to do and you got to give up everything that's pleasurable and blah, blah, blah. It'd be one thing to take a message like that, but the message that God's given us is called the gospel. The word gospel means good news. I'm so glad that he's not called me to preach the bad news or to go and talk about the bad things that are going to happen. I'm so thankful that God has called all of us to, to be carriers of really good, not just good news, great news, ridiculously good news, that God is for us, that that. Jesus came into the world not to destroy, not to condemn the world, the Bible says, but the world through him might be saved. He says, I have come. This, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. That's gospel. And life more abundantly. That's great news. The, the word go is not something that should seri seriously just sap all the energy out of us and take the wind out of our sails and, and, and just put a damper on our enthusiasm. It's like when you realize that the gospel is what you're called to go with and that he said, I'm with you always 
every time you do go, you realize, I'm called to tell somebody something, to show somebody something, to help somebody out with something that is incredibly good news to them. I am called to, to carry, to preach, to exemplify, to be a witness of how good God is is. That gets me excited. That gets me out of bed in the morning. That is the reason why I'm even uh, in the ministry is because this is so incredibly good. What God's called to call all of us to do, it's awesome. It should excite us. So, so to obey is not drudgery. It's not, oh God, you know, what am I going to do here? Devil can't stop you. Unless he can isolate you, convince you it's bad news. When you walk into the room, people shouldn't go, oh, no, it's old bad news again. Here comes re a religious uh, sermon. Here comes a bashing up, a, 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 a berating exercise. When you walk into the room, oh, goodness, here they come again with bad news about where I'm going. I'm not saying, you know, that we shouldn't be honest with people. Jesus is the way, and you know, he is the way to the Father in heaven and everything else, but why not start out with something good? How good is God? Obedience. So the virus, if, 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 if salvation, if the gospel was a virus, God wants to get that virus into the devil's body, into the devil's system, and he wants to kill the devil, what, what the devil's doing. He wants to kill it with goodness. He wants to kill what the devil's doing in this planet, all the devastation that you see. God wants to get his virus, if you will, the gospel into that body, into that system, and destroy it, and you are the carrier to do that. All of us know we're, you know, COVID now has brought a whole new enlightenment. We all know about what viruses are. Most people here are experts, medical experts now, and in all of this stuff, vaccinations and, you know, everything. We're just experts now in all of that. Well, become an expert in the gospel virus. Become an expert in what God wants to do. Become an expert in spreading something that will revolutionize, change the world into a better place so that God God's will on earth will be done as it is in heaven. That's the gospel. That's what you're called to do. He wants his goodness to flow into the lives of everybody. Christ in you wants to become the hope of glory in the whole world. Imagine if the world had a pandemic-sized outbreak of the gospel. Just imagine that for a moment. Spreading from person to person, family to family, nation to nation. So this month of missions... It's a time to get excited about what God's doing. The mission is in you. It's all around you. But the enemy of go, he's got a few enemies of go. Fear's one of them. I don't know. I should open my mouth. I don't know if I should ask somebody that's hurting, that's sick, that's lost somebody, that's struggling. I don't know if I should say, can I pray for you? That's about how simple go is. Most of us aren't going to be called to go into the deepest part of a nation that's killing Christians. Most of us are going to be called to go next door to go to work and just look around and, say, and ask this question, what is it about this environment or these people that shouldn't be, that could be better? What is the problem 
that God's got a solution for. If you look through those eyes and be obedient then to hear from God, God will prompt you and he'll say, share this, pray for that person, encourage that person, say something good that lines up with the gospel. When we had some uh, Muslim people staying with us and uh, we've got some other students coming shortly, that's why Gail's not here, she's uh, there to greet our new guests who are going to get saved. <laughs> I'm excited. Japan and Germany and, uh, and Laos. And uh, with these particular guys, were, they're Muslims, and, and we'd sit around and out the back talking. I would share the gospel with them, but they didn't even know it. And they, they'd, they'd ask me questions. They'd have problems and Etc. Etc. And then I'd, I'd quote some scriptures, but I'd put them in you know regular day language. And I'd say, why? Why are these people? You know, why do they hate us? And I'd say, well, out of the abundance of a person's heart, the mouth speaks. Now that's a quote <laughs> from the Bible. They take out their phones. And they'd put it all in there word for word. They've got almost the whole Bible in their iPhones walking around Saudi Arabia right now with the gospel. And I think, how easy is this? <laughs> and then many of them are friends on, on uh, Instagram, and they saw the pictures of the baptism. I usually don't put stuff on of a religious content because uh, I've just enjoyed my relationship with these people. And but I thought, I'll put the pictures of the baptism on. They were liking it. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. All, all these people getting baptized because of their faith. They think it's wonderful. I just think the harvest is white, guys. The laborers are few, and I think we've been sold a lie when it comes to the word go. We think, oh, it just takes my heart away. I just don't know if, if, I, if I could go to Burma right You're probably not called to go to Burma right now. You're probably called to go where you're already going. Go where you're already going. And, and be God's representative in your world. You are Jesus, ambassador on that building site. So behave like Jesus would behave on that building site. You are God's ambassador in that hospital. So behave like Jesus behaves in that hospital because you are the body of Christ. You are an ambassador of the Most High. Pull your shoulders back. Speak the Word of God and behave as He, be, as he behaves because you are called to go into all the world, including your world. You are God's ambassador at that school. That school is your mission field which means you behave like Jesus behaves at that school. You become an honor student. You become, you are the most respectful, honoring student there, not given like I did before I knew Christ. I was a teacher's worst nightmare. I got to know the principal real well. I got to know his paddle real well. They don't do that anymore called corporal punishment, but my backside got a caning. Then when I got home, my dad would give me another caning. But I did, it, I did it anyway. I'd go back and be the smart aleck anyway. Now I think, gee, wouldn't it be good 
to be saved carrying the gospel into the school. Wouldn't that be good? But it takes obedience. The Australian uh, census, I don't know if you read any of this. This really troubled me, but in a good way. Uh, I read the latest census, which was up from 2016 to 2021. So every five years they do a census here in Australia, and people answer the question. The question's around religion. What's your religion? Uh, you know, Christian, whatever you are. And, and they compiled all of that. Christian, this is what, this, this bothered me to the point where I've got to talk about go. This, this is not acceptable. Christianity decreased by more than one million people from 2016 to 2021. One million people in five years from 12.2 million or 52.1% of the population in 2016 to 11.1 million or 43.9% of the population in 2021. This is the bad news. This is the challenging news. The decrease occurred across most ages with the largest decrease for young adults ages 18 to 21. They decreased the most away from the Christian faith. That's like, honestly, for me anyway, that's a smack in the face. I'm like, okay, you, you fired a shot, devil. You're, this, we're going to do something about this. We got work to do. I don't put the white flag up in, in this. Some friends of mine in America were asked, they got a hold of the, the census. No, I didn't send it to them, but it's, it's news. And uh, one of my friends, he asked about this. He said, you know, the church I go to, it's mostly old people. And then another friend piped in. He goes, uh, yeah, me too. He said, it's, it's 60 to 80-year-old is our average age. But they notice we've got a few younger people here at this church just by following us on social media. And they go, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, it's not being done enough, believe me. We've had better, better seasons as a church reaching young people, a lot better seasons. But we're going to get back to that and more. This is Missions Month. This is time to focus on this. Come on. Seriously. I, I think about it also said other religions continue to increase. The reason is because people from other countries are coming into Australia that are not Christians. I think we got to do something. I don't know about you, but that's not acceptable. That just fires me up. I think, okay, maybe we need to go. Maybe we need to do what the commander-in-chief says and start making him lord of this whole deal because falling asleep and complacency and doing nothing is not an option that's going to lead uh, our country to success. We've got work to do. Hello. And it takes obedience. Our children's church is important. How important is it? Right there. That means the fact that we don't currently, you know, we need to get a youth group happening here at this church. Uh, why? Because of that right there. That says we've got work to do. A lot of work to do. We've got to go. His last words were go, not survive till I return. 
The gospel wants to go into all of our world. So what will it take? Obedience, it starts with us. I've commanded you, not suggested to you. I'll be with you always. Now go, go therefore. Hebrews 11, 8, by faith Abraham when called to go. Guess what he did? He went. He went to a place he would later receive as an inheritance. He obeyed and he went. I'll I'll make you a father of many nations, God said. And so he just did what God called him to do. He didn't even know where he was going. You might be here and you go, I don't even know what to do. I don't know where I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to go. Join the club. Just go. Most of the time, it's not till you take that step that God starts to guide you. Somebody said once, you can't drive a car that's in park. You got to put the car in gear Put the accelerator down and start to go, and then God will steer that thing, and you'll know where to go, but you got to go. So he went. Obedience is where you go regardless. I think about Israel for uh, about 425 years. Israel were slaves in Egypt, which is a type of sin. Until Moses comes along, and I'm running out of time with this sermon really fast. I'm looking at that clock, that evil thing up there. I'm racing against this because I want to get all the points done, but anyway. (laughs) It happens every week. Uh, It's terrible. Uh, For 425 years, they're suffering under Egypt. Then an old man, he's got every excuse, kind of like Abraham and Sarah, they had every excuse not to go. They're old, they're past the years of childbearing, but they did what God said to do, and they went. They left earth. Then Moses comes along. He's 80 years old. He has been 40. His life's divided up into three lots of of 40. He's 80 years old, and God says, okay, now go and deliver them out of Egypt, out of bondage. And so he does. Then they spend 40 years wandering in a wilderness through disobedience and a lack of faith. That's the second word I want to give you. It takes obedience to go, and it takes faith. Faith leads you out blind. You can't see where you're going. Now, faith is a substance, says Hebrews 11, 1, of things hoped for, the evidence of what? Things not seen. You have to be willing to go out blind. You cannot see it. You just have that promise. That's why we don't want to go. It's because, oh, I can't see it. It's, it's not fun driving a car in a storm when, when your wipers are going, you can't see. You just want to pull over. Faith is like that. You just got this promise. God says, go, and, and you can't see where you're going. You've just got to do it by faith. We are called to what? Walk by faith, not by what? Sight. It means God leads you out blind. It's obedience and faith together. And so... Abraham does it. Moses does it. They're 40 years in the wilderness with Moses. It's interesting because they are quarantined. That word quarantine comes from the word 40. It's an Italian word, actually, that was used uh, for the fleet in Venice when they had epidemics. They'd make these ships uh, dock. They'd make them anchor outside the port for 40 days. And that, uh, that, that Italian word is where we get the word quarantine from. 40 days they have to be there, and then they could go back into the port, so they're not going to spread some foreign disease to the population. They're wandering for 40 40 years until 
The Savior, his name means salvation, Joshua. It's where, it's a, where Jesus comes from. He comes along and he leads them across out of the wilderness into the promised land. God wants to take you into a land filled with milk and honey. If you could realize what God has for you and the people that he's called you to go to, that, that how good that was, you'd get up out of bed and you'd yell every morning, Get me out there. Man, this is exciting. I've got to go because he's not calling you to go into bondage. He's getting you out of Egypt, out of the wilderness, into Canaan, into your promised land. But you're never going to get there unless you have obedience and faith. And then the final word is courage. Courage. So Israel wants the security of predictability because freedom is responsibility. That's why a lot of prisoners reoffend. They go back into prison because there's no responsibility there. It's, it's predictable. They don't know what to do with freedom. A lot of us, we don't know what to do with freedom, so we don't go. We don't walk by faith. We don't want to go out blind. So they do what religion does best. They wander for another 1,600 years. Oh, they're in the geographical location. I'd like the worship team to come up, thanks. 1,600 years they do religion. That's why that big decline on the graph there, a lot of that was just religious groups going out of business. They need to go out of business, I'll be quite frank with you. That wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like just churches like ours haven't really suffered that big of a defeat, but we still got a lot of ground to take. So I'm not patting ourselves uh, on the back, but a lot of that decline is it was in people uh, on that census that, that wore the religious badge, calling themselves Christians because they went to some kind of a church and, and, and we're in a religious exercise. So Israel's in this religious exercise until 1,600 years later, there, there's about 120 of them in an upper room. And suddenly, suddenly, they went. They did go. And then suddenly God showed up. We call that the day of Pentecost. Thank God for Pentecost. God shows up. And then they go. They go with fire. They go with faith. They still go with obedience. But through courage that God gives them, they get stirred up and they go out into all their world. And we need to keep that going even today, church. Come on. The church was born on that day. So you say, how do I do that? Paul gets his sight, loses his sight. Then he gets up. His name was Saul. Gets up. God tells him, he says, I'm, gonna, I'm sending you as a servant, a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. Verse 18 of Acts 26, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. Sometimes we've got to lose our sight to gain it. Uh, a lot of time, the courage means to take bold action, bold, decisive action when it's not familiar. Faith takes you out of familiar. I'm going to close with this scripture, but won't put it up there yet, but I want you to stand with me. I hope that you realize, and this is what helps me get up and go, is I realize and I'm not, I'm not an accident waiting to happen. I'm not the most talented guy on the block. 
not the best looking, except Gail says I am, so I'll take that. I don't lift the most at the gym, and I don't run the fastest. <laughs> Yet I'm a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. You are a masterpiece on a mission. I want you to say that after me. I am a masterpiece. Come on, say it on a mission. I am a masterpiece. Come on. On a mission. Say it again. I am a masterpiece on a mission. Now, lest you think this is some kind of a motivational TED talk, throw Ephesians 2.10 up there. I want you to read this with me. For we are God's, come on, church. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? Mission. So we can do the good things. That's the good. That's the gospel. He has planned for us. That's a mission a long time ago. I am God's masterpiece, and I'm on a mission. Hallelujah. How about you? Come on, church. That means you can go. God doesn't send John. He's sending his masterpiece, his church, on a mission. What's it going to take to get up and go? It's going to take obedience. It's going to take faith. And it's going to take courage to look in the mirror and see things and call things which be not as though they were and say, I'm God's masterpiece and I'm on a mission today. That means when I go to that job site, when I go to that school, wherever I go, I am the masterpiece of God. I'm on a mission from God. God has sent me. Therefore, I go into all my world. Amen. Come on, church. I'm going to pray, then I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take the yellow card that's in the plastic pack underneath the seat in front of you. And I want you to, you can fill it out now if you want to, or you can wait. There's a few boxes on there, though, that are really critical. One of them, if you have not been water baptized, I'd love to include you in a baptism coming to a church near you very soon, I hope. Tick that box and be bold go into the waters of baptism. Go into all the world, he said, baptizing them, teaching them to obey. Baptism is not an optional extra. It's part of the Great Commission. So if you haven't been water baptized or say, I was as a little child, well, the requirements of baptism is that you can repent of your sin and that you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So if you were too young to do that, you weren't baptized, you were something else do it as a, as a person that knows I'm repenting of my past and get water baptized. So on that yellow card, the card that looks like this, on that you can put, put in your details there. If you'd like to serve in this church, lots of opportunities for you to serve. Tick the box. Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you, Lord, that we can get up and go, that we can get passion back in our go, that we can get up our go to the highest level to go out into this nation first and see this nation changed and turned, every one of us doing our part. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you're here right now, I'd like you to say this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, 
I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. I turn from my sin to your salvation. Jesus, I thank you for being my Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.